to the High Praises Church podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. I am just excited to be standing with my church family today and bring a word to you today. And it's good to see you, man. Um, Jesus is Lord. Amen. I thank, thank God for all that he's done, all that he's, he's going to do. And um, there's a word from God that we want to deal with today. Um, and I want to get into this. It was about two years ago that um, we were having young adult um, study, and Pastor Billy had been invited to bring the message that evening. And on that evening, I remember Pastor Billy began teaching on um, dreams, and that resonated with me, and it stuck with me. And as I was meditating on what to bring before you all this, this morning, um, that stirred in my spirit strongly, and I felt a strong urge to talk about dreaming again today. I mean, we're in the midst of what we call a pandemic. If you remember what we talked about a while ago, what we call a pandemic, heaven doesn't, but we're in the midst of what we call a pandemic, and it's predicted that this thing could last up to two years. And so before we start clearing up, and so we're filled with what seems like so much bad news, the bad news after bad news. Every time we turn the TV on, it's bad news with corona. It's bad news with other things, other issues in life that we've been dealing with. But I believe that God still wants his church to know that Jesus is still Lord. Amen. Can we give God a hand clap of praise for that? And God still wants us to know as believers that life goes on. And what are you going to do? That is a good question for each of us today. What are you going to do? Can I suggest to us today that you don't ever give up on your dreams? And can I suggest to us today that you don't ever stop dreaming? Don't ever stop dreaming and don't ever give up on the dreams that God has given you. Now, today in part and as a catalyst, we're going we're gonna to deal with my homeboy Joseph and his testimony. And we're going to use his testimony to stir our uh, thematic thrust today and my sermonic stream because there are some vital lessons that we all will learn from the life of Joseph. And I believe that if we listen and adhere to what Joseph wants to talk to us about today, um, we all can grow in this room and become greater in our walk with God. And so Genesis 37, Genesis 37, and I'm going to read through this 10 verses starting at verse 1. It says, now, Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. This is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers, and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpha, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children, because he was the son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic coat of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now, Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, verse 5, and they hated him even more. So he said to them, please hear this dream which I have, ha- have dreamed. We were, there we were binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright, 
And indeed, your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brother said to him, shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Verse 9 says, then he dreamed still another dream. And he told it to his brothers and said, look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time, the sun, moon, and 11 stars bowed down to me. So he told his father, his brothers, and his father rebuked him and said to him, what is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come and bow down to the earth before you? And verse 11 is not there, but verse 11, I love it. It says, and his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in his mind. In other words, his father pondered on what he had dreamed. And so I want to talk to us this morning about don't ever give up. And I want to encourage some who may be in this place who, has, who have given up on some things in life to go get your shovel in and begin to dig up your dreams. Let's pray for a moment. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this time that we have together. I believe your word, it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And God, as we have joined in this convening, this conclave, God, I pray that the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart would be acceptable in your sight. You are my strength. You are my redeemer. Have your way in this room. Open our ears and let us hear what you have to say in Jesus' name. Amen. And so, brothers and sisters, Joseph is being brought up in a, a dysfunctional family. He is actually the 12th child of his dad and his dad's baby mamas. Yeah, his dad was rolling with four chicks. His dad, Jacob, or Israel, had four wives, and he truly loved one more than he loved the others. And the Bible says Rachel finally conceives, and when the woman he loved more than the others bore their first child, she named him Joseph. But Jacob runs into his second problem of dysfunction. He favors Joseph more than his other kids. He favors Joseph. He makes Joseph a coat of many colors, and Joseph is the favorite child. He's the favorite kid, and we don't have to look too far because many of us have had to deal with dysfunction in our very own lives, in our very own families. Do I have any witnesses in the house today? I don't know about you, but I've had to deal with dysfunction at different intervals in my life, but I thank God that look at how we all turned out. Look at what Jesus can do when Jesus gets a hold of anyone that may be living in dysfunction but he's able to turn it around. Hallelujah, someone. I'm so glad that we serve a God as, as, as we said in the first service, he's able to take our lemons and make lemonade out of it. Amen. He's able to take our mess and he's able to give us messages. And so there may be some of you in here today that are still dealing with areas of dysfunction in your life. But I want you to be encouraged today because, listen to me, God has a purpose and God has a plan for your life. Amazing thing about God is that even though some things happen in his permitted will, he still has a plan. Everybody say God has a plan. How many of you know that God functions awesome in our dysfunction? Okay, listen at that. 
God functions awesome in our dysfunction. And so Joseph has a problem. It's not a bad problem. He has a good problem. He, he keeps on dreaming. The Bible says in Genesis 37 verse 5 and again at verse 9 that Joseph dreamed and he dreamed again. In some dreams we have, church, we know that it was the chicken, the macaroni and cheese, and the greens and, and the ribs that we ate the night before. We know that's what it was, but I don't know about you, but there's some dreams that make you sit up on the edge of your bed and begin to ponder on what you just dreamed about it. Hallelujah. Because I love the ability to have dreams and visions. I don't know about you, I love that. Our imagination is a powerful tool. And, and the, good, the good thing about this is you can dream yourself out of depression. You thought yourself into depression. I'm here to tell you, you can dream yourself and think yourself out of depression. Hallelujah. It is the God ability that he's put inside of every single one of us. So I can be so down and so low and have a dream about a better life, have a vision about a better life. And eventually, I'm not telling you it happens overnight, but I can dream myself from that bad place that I may be at in my life. And I can't tell you the countless number of times that I've had some dreams and I've woken up and I've sat on the edge of the bed and I thought about it for a moment and I said, ooh, Jesus. I said, if, if that was you, God, I receive that dream. Hallelujah. Because it brings excitement. I believe it was Habakkuk 2 that talks about write the vision and make it plain that they may run that read it is something about this ability that God has given us to have dreams and have visions that is amazing in our lives. So some of you have been doing this and you don't even realize what's been taking place in your life. He's trying to get you to understand how he can move you from glory to glory to glory. Amen. Not only in the spiritual realm, we want to definitely call that out first, but he's able to do it in the physical realm of our lives also. Amen. Now, I've taught this principle over the years that sometimes exposure is an enemy of stagnation. This is a good principle. Many times in my life, whenever I've been stuck, I've found out that exposure has been an enemy of stagnation. Exposure is an enemy of Lodabar. Lodabar is defined as a dry, barren place where there's nothing growing, nothing but desert land. And it wasn't the place that, it's in 2 Samuel, but it's not the place that Abraham found himself at when he and Lot and their families were together and their cattle was overgrowing and they just had so much. And Abraham said, Lot, it's time for us to separate and you go one way and I'll go the other. And he said, watch this, he, he, he was the one that God had the conversation with. But he says, you choose. Now watch this. And Lot says, hmm. Okay, that, that land over there is dry and barren. This land over here is green pastures and ponds and rivers and lakes and all this. And he's like, hmm, dry, barren. Uh, no, I, I'm going this way, Abraham. And Abraham said, cool. You know what the principle behind that is? The principle behind it is Abraham understood that the blessing was not in the land that he was going to. The blessing was on him. When you as a person that, when you as a believer understands that the blessing is on you, you don't care where you go. You know that where you go, God will produce. Amen. Because God has blessed you. It's not the job that blesses you. It's God that blesses you. Amen. It's God that has given you favor in your life. 
And so exposure will mess up your contentment. Exposure will mess up your complacency to stay where you're at. And even though you may stay there for a while, because you've been exposed to something greater, there's a wrestle within you and there's an unrest in your soul. I remember uh, many, many years ago, and I thank God for, for the principle of this because I love sitting with our lead pastor. I love sitting with Pastor Chris, and he began, we were just in his office talking about some books that he's read and the word and, and some things that's coming up in the future. And I can't share it with you because he's going to talk about it, all right? So, so, so we, we were sitting there, and I love it because I'm exposed to someone who's deep in the word. Guess what it does? To me, it makes something in me leap to want to go home and study myself. Amen. You should love being around folks that stir something in you to make you want to go deeper also. Hallelujah, somebody. And you should want to stray sometimes away from folks that don't stir anything in you. Some folks stir mess in your lives. Run, Forrest, run. Amen. <laughs> but I remember one time, I remember one time, uh, my wife and I, we were invited to a Christmas party. And, you know, based on the status of this person, I was like, cool. We will be there. And so, you know, we leave out of the city limits of Anderson. We drove past the city limits of Greenville, and we're getting up towards Spartanburg County, and, and, and we pull up to this gated community. I'm telling you, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, guys, hey, we, we done all right in life. You know, we done all right. You know, we ain't all there. We got place. We got aspirations, dreams, and visions of where we want to go. But we pull up to this gated community. And we couldn't get in, and all of a sudden our phone went off, and it was a code to punch in. And we was like, boop, 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 boop. And all of a sudden the gate. And all of a sudden you see these houses. And I'm driving in, I'm like, wow. I'm like, whoa. And I'm, I'm, I'm about to hit cars on the side of the road looking at all the houses that we're driving in. And, and, then, and then we get to this five-story house of an individual who had invited us to this Christmas party, and, 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 and I, told, I told First Service, I said, I believe he was just trying to mess with us, because we walk in, and he says, hey, guys, welcome. He's like, hey, wherever you can go in this house, all bedrooms, everything is, is on limits. Wherever you want to go, go look, go sir. I said, he was messing with us. I believe the principle he was trying to get us to understand is exposure. He was trying to expose us to some greater things in life that you may be doing all right, and you think for a moment I didn't expose, I like, I grabbed my bike by the hand, like, come on, girl, <laughs> let's go through this house. As a matter of fact, let me rub up on some of this wall, because this is an anointed person we know, so let me, maybe some of this anointing will get on with us, amen. You think that stuff don't mess with me? It exposed me, and it had my mind churning. I don't need all that, but amen, if I did, you know, hey. Jesus is the limit, right? Not the sky. Jesus is the limit. Hallelujah, somebody. And so all some people need is just a little bit of exposure that will make where you're trying to go greater than where you have envisioned or dream. Let me say this. Don't let people kill your dreams. Don't let people kill your dreams. God sent me here on assignment this morning to tell someone, keep on dreaming. Keep on dreaming. Will you say that with me today? Touch, look at somebody point at them and say, I'm not trying to be funny, but keep on dreaming. Keep on dreaming. Because some of you have a dream, but somewhere along the way, you stop believing. 
Somewhere along the way, you lost your passion, you lost your fire, you lost your commitment to the dream. Somewhere along the way, you couldn't see it coming to pass anymore, and your heart just wasn't beating the same as it once was. And, and this wasn't necessarily the situation with our homeboy Joseph here, but, but you best believe Joseph had to deal with some of these issues as he's aspiring to get to where God had given him dreams that he could go. And so he's dreaming. He's dreaming. And later between verses 12 and 36 of Genesis 37, his jealous brothers see him coming and they decide to sell him as a slave. As a matter of fact, verse 19 of Genesis 37, it says this. It says that they saw Joseph coming and this is what they, they had a name for him. They said, here comes this dreamer. I wonder what are folks saying about you when they see you coming? I wonder, do, do they say, oh, here comes that. He always talking about vision. He always talk, they, she always talking about where she's trying to go in life. Amen. I'd rather surround myself with folks that's talking about where they're trying to go than folks who saying, oh, well, I'm just stuck in a rut and I just can't get out. Amen. And okay, it's all right if I run into one or two of those and I'm going to tell them, hey, Jesus is Lord and Jesus saved you so that you can come out because he was in the grave, but he came out. Amen. So you can come out too. Hallelujah, somebody. <laughs> and so they say, here comes this dreamer. And the Bible says they throw him in a pit and they sell him. And I want to give you four lessons that I got from Dr. John Maxwell on this past week. Listen at these four lessons. You might want to write them down. Number one, I'm going to say these twice, each one of them. Our best lessons are learned through our roughest times. Our best lessons are learned through our roughest times. Number two, we learn more during our bad, difficult times than during our good times. We learn more during our bad, difficult times than during our good times. Number three, we learn to fly when we're kicked out of our nests. I was, I was watching videos, video after video on YouTube yesterday. The mother eagle, she doesn't necessarily kick her youngins out of the nest or eaglets, but she, she stirs the nest, they called it. And she'll fly in with her wings out and her, you know, whatever they call it. On, you know, it's like just hanging over and, you know, she's trying to make them jump out of the nest. She tries to stir them out to help them to understand God gave you this, your wings for a purpose, for a reason. And those little eagles, they get out there and they learn to fly. And, and I love the eagle. It's an amazing bird because eagles, and, and, and I didn't make this up. It, it, was, it, was, it was actually, I, I, I say Dr. Tony Evans. So if you got something you want to say about it, you can email him at drtonyevans at AOL.com. And you can deal with him about it, all right? But Dr. Tony Evans said, when it comes to marriages, he said, wives, the problem with some of y'all is y'all didn't learn the lesson from the eagles. He said, eagles, they get up in the sky and they understand they're a weighty bird, so they flap three times. And then they just, they roll with the wind. And they soar. And then when they want to go somewhere, they go higher. They flap three more times and then they'll soar a little higher. And Dr. Tony Evans said it. I didn't say it, so Dr. Tony Evans said AO.com. He said, some of you wives, you're just talking too much in your marriage and, and you don't understand. All you got to do is say a cool, few quick words and soar. Hey, can, can I get an amen, brothers? <laughs> I didn't hear nobody. They're like, you going to deal with that, Pastor, not me. <laughs> Hallelujah. We learn to fly when we're kicked out of our nests. Number four, slow down and see what you've never seen and learn something new. Slow down. 
see what you've never seen, and learn something new. This is ahead of my text, but I love the, I love the, 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 the scripture. The scripture says that when Joseph's brothers finally come to him, Joseph recognizes them, but they didn't recognize him. And the Bible says, watch this, Joseph, who is a Hebrew, is speaking the Egyptian language. While he was in the land of his affliction, he learned how to speak Egyptian. He learned something new. I might as well not just go through this for nothing while I'm here. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to learn something while I'm here. Can I tell you in your land of affliction, learn something new? What is it? Look around. Search. There's a principle. There's a lesson God is trying to get inside of you. Learn something new and say, oh, boy, I didn't know this before I went into the storm. But now that I've gone through the storm, look at what I've learned. I've learned Spanish. Obly, Espanol. That's all I know. Uno, dos, tres. Okay, that's all I know. All right. I didn't, learn, I didn't learn that during an affliction. I learned that in Spanish 10th grade, all right? <laughs> so slow down. Now watch this. The Bible says that Joseph was taken to Egypt and purchased by an Egyptian officer named Potiphar, okay? He was falsely accused of raping Potiphar's wife because the Bible says Joseph, he was a handsome young man. He was a good-looking young man, and, and the Bible says that she was coming on to this boy strong, and um, he refused. Watch this. He had integrity in his heart. That's, a, that's an important principle in life. In, everybody say integrity. <laughs> I'm going to tell you how simple integrity is. Do you take a pen from work that the, work, that the job supplies you with? Boy, that's simple integrity, but it, 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 come on, somebody. <laughs> let, let's, let's deal with the basis. Of, but Joseph was a great man of integrity. And he says, I refuse to mess with my master's wife. Let alone that, I refuse to turn on God who has blessed me. How can, oh my God, this is so, empower, so powerful, so important. And so she's saying he raped me. He was thrown in prison. And let me ask a question today. Did any of this delete his dreams? No, it didn't. He still had his dreams. He, he, he didn't know how, what, when. He didn't know all of the details, but he knew what God had showed him. And he knew that it was for a purpose and it was for a reason. And so the Bible says that he's sitting in prison. God has a cupbearer and a baker down there and they have dreams. And Joseph begins to operate in his God-given mandate. He begins to interpret dreams. He's like, hey. And I love it because in, in the text with Pharaoh, he said, hey, surely God is the one that interprets dreams. He gives God the glory. Amen. And so he begins to operate in this God-given mandate, and, and, and watch this. He says, okay, cupbearer, when you go back before the king, simply remember me. Now, some people, they're going to forget about you on their way up, but thank God that God never forgets about you because Joseph made the best of every situation. He began interpreting dreams. And listen, 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 the Bible says, watch this, the Lord, watch this, Genesis 39, verses 2 and 3, when he was in Potiphar's house, the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian, and his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. Also, Genesis 39, 21, but the Lord was with Joseph while he was in prison and showed him mercy. Can I tell you, I don't care where you are, the favor of God is still on you. Stick with God. Walk with God. That's the only way. 
and you will succeed. Hallelujah, somebody. The Lord was with Joseph, showed him mercy, and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. So I don't care what you're going through. You need to know that the Lord is with you today. That is a quick word for somebody in this place, especially during these tumultuous times, these trying times that we're living in. God is with you. Everybody touch yourself and say, God is with me. Just point at somebody. Don't touch them. Just point at somebody beside you, unless it's your spouse, and say, God is with you. He's with you. He's with you. He said, I'll never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. And don't you know God knows how to orchestrate your promotion? This is good stuff. It's right here in the text. God knows how to orchestrate our promotion because all of a sudden, he goes from the cupbearer having dreams, he goes from the baker having dreams, to now the king, Pharaoh, is having a dream and nobody in this kingdom can interpret it. I'm telling you, when God wants to set you up, God will set you up. And you will be the only one that has the answer and the solution to the problem. And so he's like, can anybody interpret my dream? And all of a sudden, the cupbearer says, wait a minute. You know, I forgot about something. There was a guy in prison with me, and while we were there, I had a dream, and he interpreted a dream. And, and the Bible says that, watch this, watch this, it's right here in the, in the scriptures. It, it says, watch this, it's Genesis 41, 14. The king sent for Joseph, who was quickly brought out of jail. And I love it. I love it. Great principle here. The Bible says he shaved and changed his clothes. Sometimes you can't go before greatness with your old oil. Sometimes you got to learn to change. Hallelujah, somebody. Sometimes you got to learn to shift and move from where you were and understand now that I have an opportunity, I'm not going with the same old, same old. Hallelujah. But I'm going to shave. I'm going to change my look. I've been sitting in prison. I've been sitting in the land of my affliction. And now that I have an opportunity, I want to present myself well before the king. And he shows up and he interprets the dream of the king. And we all know the story. King says, I like you, boy. He says, you said seven years of nothing and seven years of plenty. And wow, this is, this is some good stuff. So, so this, this is what we're going to do. You know, we're going to put you in charge. We're going to let you set, run all of this for these seven years, these 14 years that we're going to go through. And, 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 and you're going to be in charge. And watch this, Genesis 41, 46. Joseph was 30 when the king made him governor, and he went everywhere for the king. Genesis 41, verses 56 and 57, the famine became so bad everywhere in Egypt, Egypt, so Joseph opened the storehouses and sold the grain to the Egyptians. And then it says this, people from all over the world came to Egypt to buy grain because the famine was so severe in their countries. And here comes full circle. When I tell you God knows how to orchestrate your promotion, nobody but God can do it sometimes. Hallelujah, somebody. Come on. Give him a hand clap of praise for that. God knows. Because here comes full circle. And you know what full circle is? Here comes Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, Asha, Ishakar, Zebulon. Let me say it one more time. Here comes full circle. Here comes Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, Asha, Ishakar, and Zebulon. Who were these ten guys? These were the same jokers that sold him into slavery in the first place. And now they're coming to who? Joseph. Yeah, what did Joseph dream? I dream that y'all going to bow down. Amen. 
<laughs> and all of a sudden they come and they were like, hey, we need something to eat. Can we get a number five, extra large, supersize? My dad wanted number two, and I wanted, I'm just joking, all right? Y'all just don't, 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 that's not in the word, all right? I'm just joking, all right? But they need something to eat. Now, this is important. Catch this. Can I ask you a question? Everybody ready for this? Can I ask you a question? Do I have permission to ask everyone in here a question? Can you handle facing the ones that did you wrong? Now, show of hands. How many in here have been done wrong by people? Everybody, all right? Can you handle facing the ones that did you wrong? <laughs> can, you, can, you, can you go back to the place where you got hurt without having some, some kind of emotional stir? Okay? Because until you can, you hadn't gotten over it yet. And I don't know about you, but I don't want nothing hindering what God has for me, so I have to release and let everybody go. I have to. I, my wife and I went through some, something real bad in our lives. I think I may have shared this a long time ago when we first came here and Pastor gave me a first opportunity. And you know what? You know, I drove past this guy's house all the time, and the Holy Spirit said, stop and talk to him. And I was like, Holy Spirit, I love you, but you must be crazy. I'm not trying to be funny, Lord. Please forgive me for talking to you like that, but no. And every time I go by, I tell my wife, and she, she's a witness, stop and talk to the guy. No, Lord, no. I was like a little kid. No. He said, stop and talk to him. And, and, and two years go by, and maybe more, that, that I was feeling this conviction. And one day I saw him outside, and I said, okay. I pulled over. <laughs> I'm in my wife's car, which is a black car with dark tent windows, and I let the window down. I thought he thought I was about to pull a machine gun out of something. <laughs> and I said, hey. I said, hey, how are you doing? I said, uh, you got a moment for me to talk with you for a moment? He was like, oh, uh, okay. I said, just, just let me talk to you. For, I said, listen, you know what happened in the past? I said, you know what? I said, I just, man, I feel so bad about it when I think about it. I just want you to know I'm sorry. That's all I did. We talked about a few other things, and I drove off. And when I drove off, I had a quickening. Lord, I got the victory over that. That would never rule over me. I got the victory because I was able to pull over being obedient to what I felt the Holy Spirit telling me to do. And I said, Lord, thank you. Now when I bring my gift to the altar, I ain't got to worry about having all against a brother. Amen, somebody. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm just telling you. Can you handle the weight of those who did you wrong? Joseph, he treats them a little funny in the beginning, but... Later, when Jacob, their dad, dies, they're sitting there thinking, oh, my goodness, dad's dead. Now, just this boy going to kill every single one of us. And, and this is what Genesis chapter 50 says that Joseph said to his brothers. It says, he says, what you meant for evil, God meant it for good. God has sent me ahead to preserve life. I wonder in what you went through and what you went through and what you went through and what you all went through. I wonder, was it to preserve life for somebody else? You hate it going through it. I couldn't stand it. I know you couldn't stand it either. But I've discovered that there were many times what I went through was for somebody else. 
Because guess what? We use this term all the time, been there, done that, got the T-shirt. And, and in being there, done that, and having the T-shirt, I've discovered, hallelujah, that God will begin to work things out for my good and for those who are hurting and those who need my testimony. Hallelujah. And so here it was, as I get ready to come to a close, it was nearly 14 years between his dream and the time he left prison to come second to become second in command in Egypt. And may I tell someone in this place this morning, it may take a little time, but God knows the right time. You think the right time is now, but God says not yet. I got to process you a little bit more. There's some other things you got to learn. There's some, 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 you listen, the weight of what's coming is heavy. I need you to be able to handle it. And so God knows the right time. In the meanwhile, keep on being processed. And keep on having the faith. Again, the Bible says in Genesis 37 verses 5 through 9 that Joseph dreamed. And some of us in the midst of dreaming, we go and we bury our dreams because our dreams don't happen when we wanted them to and how we thought they should have. But you must understand Isaiah 55 and 8 that God's ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. For as far as the heavens are above the earth, so are his ways from our ways and his thoughts from our thoughts. Hallelujah. So, so he was sold as a slave. 14 years transpired. He was lied on. He was sitting in a prison cell. He was dirty. He was eating prison food. Over 14 years go by. For this young man, he's had dreams of where he was going, (laughs) but he didn't stop two things. Listen, he did not stop his mandate, his God-given mandate, his assignment in life, and he didn't stop believing in the dreams that God gave him. And I'm telling somebody in this room today, don't you ever stop dreaming And don't you ever forget who God has called you to be. I don't care what you go through in life. There's still an assignment on your life. Hallelujah. And here we go. Sometimes what we'll do is we'll bury our dreams. And some of us, we'll we'll go and have a funeral for our dreams. And my dream was a good old dream. But it didn't come to pass. And, you know, preachers who do eulogies, pastor, he's done this before. We do the committal and, you know, for as much as it is pleased. Uh, Almighty God and his wise providence to take out of this world my dream. I therefore commit my dream to the ground, earth to earth, ashes to ashes and dust to dust. But I want to encourage somebody. You need to start listening to the right voices and stop listening to all the wrong voices. Sometimes this between your ears is the worst enemy. Sometimes you're dealing with world war me. Amen. You, you, you need to start listening to God's voice and the right voices of people that are surrounding you and stop listening to all the naysayers. And sometimes along the way, life is like an elevator. You got to understand as you go up, people are going to get off and you got to let them go. And you got to understand that everybody can't go with you where God is trying to take you to. So what do you do when your dream seems to die? Do you go and bury it or do you try to revive it? And I'm here to tell somebody in this room today, try to revive what God has given you. All some of our dreams need is a little CPR, a little cardiopulmonary resuscitation. Sometimes along the way it may look like your dream is on life support, but I want to encourage you to do what our daddy did in Genesis 
When the Bible says he made man in his image and after his likeness and he breathed the breath of life, the Ruach, he breathed the breath of life into him. Sometimes you just need to breathe into your dreams and resuscitate what God has given you. And God will begin to bring your dreams to pass. And so today as I close, I want to introduce you to a friend of mine. My friend, I asked him would he come to church with me, and he's an inanimate object, but he's like, cool, i go with you today. And I said, okay, cool, come on, bro. So I had a big one, but I didn't want to bring it. It was a lot dirtier than this one. But this is my friend today, and my friend's name is Shovel. Everybody say, hey, Shovel. He's saying hello to every single one of you. He's like, I'm so glad to be here. But <laughs> Shovel, <laughs> according to Webster's Dictionary, is a tool for lifting and throwing dirt, snow, or sand, or whatever it may be. Watch this. Shovel, it picks up things and moves things out of the way. The metal part is called a blade, a throw blade. I like that. Pick it up and you throw it out of the way. A throw blade is an excavating tool to uncover something by digging away and removing the earth that covers it. And some of our dreams have been buried in the ground. And you need to get your spiritual shovel and say, yeah, I buried it a long time ago. I didn't think it would come to pass, but God, I feel something stirring in my heart, and I'm going to stand on your word, and I'm going to believe, God, that my best days are ahead of me, and what you got for me, God, it's going to come to pass in my life, and I'm going to do what your word says in 3 John 2. I'm going to uh, prosper even as my soul prospers, God. Hallelujah, somebody. I want my spirit man to go first. But I'm not going to forget about I got to live in this world, and I'm not preaching prosperity. Amen. I'm just telling you, you got to have some dreams of where you're going. You got to have some aspirations where you're going. So this shovel represents your motivation. It represents you getting your motivation back. And I'm going to fight one more day. And you know what I've discovered through digging? Sometimes while you're digging, you hit a hard place. <laughs> I remember when we moved in our first house, I remember I called myself trying to hook up a satellite dish and I couldn't put it on the house, so I had to bury it a little distance from the house, and I had to bury the line in the, in the yard in the dirt. And my goodness, it was root sawed in that ground. You know how you get that shovel, and you sometimes you got to stand up on it and jump, make it dive down into the ground, and it took me a long time, but finally I was able to get a little canal all the way from the satellite dish to the house, but amen, I was able to get past those deep roots and those hard places to be able to get the assignment done that I had to get done. And I'm here today to encourage someone in this place today, get your shovel, dig up your dreams. I'm here to encourage you to start digging. Don't ever stop digging. Start digging, and don't you ever stop digging. Amen. Trust God. Believe God. Stand on his word and dig, 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 because God has greatness for you in your life. Can you give him a hand clap of praise for that? <laughs> Hallelujah. As you stand on your feet with me in this place today and I close, hallelujah. Keep walking with Jesus. That's the only way. There is no other way. Keep walking with Jesus. It's going to come to pass. Keep seeking his face. Don't seek his hands. Seek his face. And God will begin to do a work in your life that you've never imagined. And I'm here to tell you today that whatever he promised you back then, he'll still perform it today.
Whatever he told you he would do back then, he can still do it today. Because right perspective says, I never took a loss. I learned a lesson. Amen. Come on. Right perspective. Change the way we talk. I've never took a loss in life. I just learned a lesson. Hallelujah. And greater than Joseph, of course, there's Jesus, who was also betrayed. And while he was nailed to an old rugged cross, he said, Father, forgive them. There it is. For they know not what they do. And he was thrown in a borrowed tomb. But three days later, you know what? He got up. I learned something about the Jewish custom. I'm done. Before pastor comes, I learned something about the Jewish custom. Jewish custom, when you were invited to a meal, praise God, you would eat your meal and you didn't say anything. Now for us, it would be an insult if I don't tell you that was good. But the Jewish custom, they would take their handkerchief and they would simply fold it and lay it on the table. Jewish custom, you know what it meant? I'll be back. That's what it meant in the Jewish custom. The Bible says when they came looking for Jesus in the grave, he wasn't there anymore. But they found his grave clothes folded. <laughs> and Jesus wants his children to know today, I'll be back. I'm coming to get that. That You are good. You, you are better than good. Hallelujah, somebody. Point to somebody and tell them, you are good. You are better than good. God created you for a greater day. God has purpose on your life. Keep standing and keep on digging. Keep standing and keep on digging. Pray with me today. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you that we will endure some things in life, but your word says, be of good cheer. You've overcome the world. We will deal with bad situations, but thank you for the principle of your word, God. You always make us better. And you always orchestrate our promotions. Whenever it's time, I thank you for every person that's here, God, and I pray for those that may be going through, those who may have given up, given up on, on marriage, given up on life, given up on hearts, whatever it may be, God, I pray that you stir in them that greater is he that is within them than he that is within the world. And God, we love you today and we thank you we're going to dig up our dreams. We're going to stand on your word. We're going to trust your word today that you're going to perform what you promised us. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you give God a great big hand clap of praise? Hallelujah. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us Sunday mornings. Our service times are 9 o'clock and 1045. For more information, please visit us at highpraises.org.